Guys. Hi. Guys. Hi. Hi, guys. Hello. I'm just trying to find new ways to say hello. This is Tell Them I Am. I'm Misha Youssef, your host. As a Muslim kid growing up, there was a story my mom used to tell me all the time about a prophet named Eunice who got trapped inside a whale. And whenever my mom would tell me this story, I'd be like, cool, 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 mom. I am never going to be trapped inside a whale. This is irrelevant to my life. Anyway, so a few years ago, I pulled out my Quran and read the story for the first time. And it's that famous belly of the whale story that comes up over and over again in literature. Here's how it goes. God gives his messenger, Eunice, a mission. He tells Eunice that if he can't get the people of Nineveh to believe in God, a great calamity will come and destroy them. So Eunice tries to warn his people, but he doesn't really put his heart into it. And the people of Nineveh laugh at him. They're like, ha, 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 fine, let it happen. We don't trust your empty threats. And rather than forge on like all the other prophets and messengers from the beginning of time, Eunice is like, fuck this. These people won't change. And he goes and gets on a boat to Tarshish. And of course, that night, there's a huge storm. The boat Eunice is on starts sinking. Everyone on the boat starts to throw stuff overboard. But it's not enough. The boat keeps sinking. And the captain's like, fuck guys, I'm gonna have to throw a person overboard. It's the only way we will lessen the weight enough to not sink. So they do what any logical group of people would do when their boat is sinking. They write their names on a piece of paper and put them in a hat. And guess whose name comes up? Eunice. Everyone's like, no, no way. Eunice is the best among us. We won't throw him overboard. So they draw again. Again, it's Eunice. The third time they draw, it's still Eunice. Eunice is like, okay, guys, 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 this is God's will, it's fine. He walks outside, steps on the edge of the boat. He looks down at the wild, stormy waters. He's like, well, at least I don't have to deal with my problems anymore, and jumps in. You'd think we'd had enough drama with that, but no. Eunice doesn't just fall into the ocean and die. A giant whale comes out of nowhere and swallows him. And somehow he survives, trapped in the belly of this whale. And because there are no other activities to do inside the whale, he starts thinking about his life. He realizes he was wrong to run away, to run away from his people, from his problems. He should have stayed. He should have tried harder. So finally, when this hits him, the whale throws him up in a giant pile of ocean bomb. And he swims back to Nineveh. And he sees that his people, like him, have had a change of heart. They now believe, just like he'd asked them to. So here's how I see this moment. Eunice spent a lot of time trying to escape the problem. But when he was in the belly of the whale, he was stuck. 
and forced to actually look at the problem, examine himself. That experience was the universe turning on a light switch and saying, look, look at this beautiful world. Look at these beautiful people. Look at this freaking miracle that just happened. Like you got to experience the inside of a whale and made it out intact. This is life. This is your life. You don't have to just accept it, engage with it. My name is Latif Nasser. I am best known for being a nerd who co-hosts the podcast Radio Lab and who hosts a science documentary series on Netflix called Connected. The first high school I went to was was sort of down the street from my house. Uh, I grew up in outside uh, Toronto. The science teacher was terrible, so bad, and we would take turns in class trying to see, it was like a game, who could ask a question that would derail the class for the longest amount of time. And I won that game because one time I asked this science teacher, can you tell us about the glassware, like the lab dishware? So this is a Griffin beaker. is an Erlenmeyer flask, volumetric flask. There was like one cabinet and he went through the whole cabinet. And I was like, oh, okay, he's done, like halfway through class. And then he opened a whole nother cabinet. These are boiling tubes. These are pipettes. (laughs) This is a pear-shaped flask. And I was like, oh, yeah. Like like, now I know this is going to derail the whole class. But it was sort of that feeling of like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't care what you're talking about. Like this is, this could not be more boring. It feels like like you show up on the first day and you sit in your desk and your teacher hands you a textbook and it's like, here's a bunch of facts about the boiling point or whatever. Here, you just need to know it because you need to know. And it just felt so arbitrary and kind of like, who cares? Like, like w- what is this? And, and it's like, it also felt like just dead. Like it's all done. Like science is done. Like it's figured out and I just have to learn it. So lots of believes this, that science is dead and boring for a while until he wins this scholarship, totally unexpectedly, for a new school. And the school turns out to be like the Hogwarts for marine biology. The school is kind of a, it's sort of magic. It's this little tiny school uh, on Vancouver Island, so on the Pacific Ocean. It's like right on the Pacific Ocean. There was a floating building. So we had our science class in this floating building. So literally our science class was on the Pacific Ocean, and it would rise and fall, the building, with the tide. Since the school is so close to the ocean, exploring the coast and the water is part of the curriculum. Every once in a while, we would go uh, with our teacher, and we would, like, walk along the shore, and she'd, like, rip off a piece of sea lettuce, and she'd, like, put it in her mouth, and, and she would just eat it. And, like, and then we would all do that. And it was, like, it was, it was a thing where, it, it, like, it wasn't, it wasn't an, like a textbook. It was like, oh, this is like this is a real thing out in the world that you can interact with. And I was like, oh, yeah, I, I'm, I can follow that. Okay, so remember how you could pick electives in high school? Like you could take Latin or piano class or drawing or whatever? Well, here at Real Life Hogwarts, kids had the option to go scuba diving. So we would go on these dives all the time, and they were really fun. And it was like, it's I don't know, have you, have you ever been scuba diving? It's like, it's... 
there's something magnificent about it. So you go down and down and down and down and down. Um, and the f- first time it's petrifying. The first rule of scuba diving is like, keep breathing. And the reason that such a stupid rule exists is because when you're down there, it's like, it's such an alternate reality that like you, that that's not a given. So you go down and this is the Pacific Ocean. So it's really cold, but what the cold means is that there's actually like a lot of stuff alive down there. And there's like a lot of interesting stuff that's, 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 that's living. And so you go down, 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 and it starts to get darker and darker and darker and darker and darker and darker. And you go around and you'd be in partners and uh, they, they teach you like there were all kinds of different, there was like sign language, like, and, and it was fun. Cause like, you know, you'd be with your buddies. Like I, I remember in particular, I had a friend of mine from Japan, uh, Yuki, and we would uh, dive together and then we would come up with our own hand gestures uh, underwater. Like, we would say fucking, so we would middle finger fucking and then brr, like cold, because it was fucking cold. It was really cold. But um, anyway, like you're just seeing these sea creatures sort of just going about their business. Like, and and yeah, it was sort of amazing. It's just like, it sort of is decentering in a way. You're like, oh, this whole world exists that like I'm, I'm not, I'm not involved in, it's not thinking about me, has nothing to do with me. It just is existing here. Um, there's kind of something nice about that. My science teacher, whose name is Laura, Laura would join us on the boat and go out on dives with us. And there's one time in particular that is so memorable for me. So we did the dive, and I remember, like, we went down, 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 down. And then I remember right by the anchor we saw on the ground, it was something, it just looked like a little ball, like a little, like, like pale beige, whitish, I don't know, ball. And then what we realized is, oh, it's not a ball. It's, a, it's, it's an octopus. It's a dead octopus. We're like, oh, okay, cool. Like, let's go. What a weird thing. And then we just kept going on the rest of the dive. I remember realizing on the way back, when I was underwater, I remember seeing like that that octopus was gone. And I was like, oh, huh, that's weird. And we went back up. And then it turned out that Laura, who had been on that dive with us, she had also seen that octopus and she bagged it and she brought it up. And and then so we got back onto the boat and it's, it's not a big boat, but there's like a big kind of uh, like a little table type thing in the middle. And so she had the octopus on the table and and everybody was sort of gathered around. And so so I gathered around with them. And basically what she did, and I remember vividly, like she just took, because she had a, a knife on her, uh, like a diving knife. And so she started just dissecting this octopus. And so she cuts it open. And I remember being like, like, huh, I didn't like, I don't know. It just like didn't even occur to me that that was a thing you could do. Um, but so she just cut, slices it open and she starts dissecting the octopus and she's just like telling us like totally matter of factly, like, okay, here's the ink sack. And like, look, an octopus has three hearts. Look, here are the three hearts. Like all these things that you're like, I'm like, what? Like it's three hearts? Like, 
it was just an amazing thing where you're like, oh, wow, that was just lying there on the ground. And like, as she was dissecting, she'd be like, okay, here's the ink sack. Then she'd throw it back in the ocean right behind her. Um, And so she was like dissecting this thing, like, and she'd just keep throwing stuff and it'd be plopping into the water. And then, and then when she was done, she just was like, okay. And then she just threw the whole thing back in the water. It was, I don't know, it was this moment where I was just like, I was like, wow. Like that, that was just there. And I just swam past it. But it was this, it was this thing that was so interesting that there's a kind of a whole universe inside of. And I just like, I just breezed right past it. And I had written it off in a way. And then it was like some wizard like explain some the fundamental way that things are beyond what you can perceive yourself. It was just this moment where I was like, wow, I can't believe I get to see this. Like this is, I don't, I don't know. I don't know who gets to see this, but I didn't think I was the kind of person who would get to see this or who would want to see this or anything. But like all of a sudden this is, uh, yeah, this is I, this. Like, I'm all about this. It sort of woke me up to, okay, science is science is interesting, and science is like worthwhile, and science is not just that textbook stack of facts, stack of answers to questions you didn't even ask. Science is like people, just like you who are looking at the world around, not them, around us, and trying to figure it out. And they're still trying. It's like, it's not about the answer belongs to them. It's about the question belongs to all of us. Tell Them I Am is presented by Higher Ground Audio and Spotify and produced by Dustlight Productions. I'm your host and executive producer, Misha Youssef. The executive producers at Higher Ground Audio are Dan Fearman, Mukta Mohan, and Anna Holmes. Janae Maribel is editorial assistant. From Dustlight Productions, Mary Knopf is our executive producer. Ariana Gharib Lee and Jonathan Shiflett are our producers. Arwen Nix is our editor. Valeria Alarcone is our apprentice. This episode was written by me, Mary Knopf, and Arwen Nix. It was sound designed by Mary Knopf and Jonathan Shiflett. Valentina Rivera is our engineer. David Leinard is our composer and made our gorgeous original music. Emin Ahmed is our illustrator and the creator of our episodic art. Elizabeth Goodspeed made our amazing series tile art. Special thanks to Rachel Garcia, our development and operations coordinator. From Spotify, executive producers are Daniel Eck, Don Ostroff, and Courtney Holt. This podcast was originally a production of LAS Studios. <laughs>